Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Steven. And Kyle. And today I've got a whole plethora of weird, what I like to call phantoms, that I'm going to talk about and share with you guys and see what Kyle thinks about. So it should be a pretty cool show. I'm excited. And uh, if it's not, then whatever. <laughs> Shit happens. Shit happens. You win some, you lose some. That is accurate. But before we do that, we got to get through all the business. So check us out at all our socials. All the links are in the link tree. If you have a paranormal encounter you'd like for us to feature on a future show, you can get it to us in a bunch of different ways, which are in the show notes. If you would like to support the podcast, that too is in the show notes. We have a Patreon, a Venmo, a merch store. Go and get something cool. Yeah, please. Treat yourself. You've earned it. Yeah, and it also helps us. Another thing that I kind of want to talk about real quick. Um, For everyone that has been donating, for everyone that has signed up for the Patreon, all of that... I want you to know exactly, uh, A, we're very, 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 very appreciative of it. But B, like the things that you guys are helping us do, you're like, you're helping us get, well, working towards getting uh, this, well, me and Steve do, as a legit business. You are helping us get better equipment. You're helping us get cameras so we can start doing YouTube videos. So you can see our ugly faces all yeah. the time. And our, our reactions and like all that stuff is going to very, very good use, you know. And I I just want to say thank you. Thank you very much for helping us out. Yeah, you like, guys are the best. Yeah, it's going to. And then after all that, it's going to start funding trips where we start going places. Some camera equipment. Yeah. Traveling. Yeah. Going and seeing some weird shit. We got a bunch of stuff in the works. We're just trying to get to that point. Yeah, we're we're slowly clawing our way there, but oh and, and getting me a new um chair. Yeah, because mine likes to deflate. It's busted. Yeah, I'll be sitting in it and all of a sudden it just <laughs> sinks on its own. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's it's the ghost of the podcast room. It's that little doll. Probably is. There. What an asshole. Uh, there are other ways you can support us as well that are just as important. And the first and foremost, most important way is to share us with all your friends. Word of mouth goes a long way. If you have anybody that likes to listen to podcasts, anybody that's into the paranormal, mysteries, conspiracies, throw our name in the hat. Get us out there. Get Keep us falling on new ears. It is the best thing you can do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we also enjoy ratings and reviews, especially those of the five-star kind. So if you leave us one of those, I will try to find it and shout you out on a future episode. Right now I'm going through all these ones that uh, I just got from all of our friends in England because they don't show up on mine. So we're going through those. We're getting it. Today's five-star rating and review comes to us from our friend Disco Biscuits. Yes, <laughs> another solid one. Disco Biscuits. I love it. <laughs> it says, so five awesome. stars, give it a go. Very good podcast with passionate hosts that research each subject well and approach then with an, or an approach them with an open mind. Very entertaining, and I recommend it if you're into all things mysterious. Disco Biscuits, you're the best. Yes. I love it. I do, too. It's so good. <laughs> Disco Biscuits. <laughs> Oh, what a weird world. I love it. Well, we have our listener experience of the day. We're getting ready to bring right up. That comes to us from our friend Mark from the City of Angels, City of Fallen Angels, as he likes to call yeah. it. Yeah. So here is Mark's experiences. Stardate, 920. 21, Los Angeles, California. So this is Mark from Los Angeles in the city of Fallen Angels. And interestingly enough, my partner just got deja vu. So now we have to go through this. I was kind of second guessing, yeah, I said good, I said not, so we're going to do it. Um, just going to do a couple things on the paranormal and my experience, but also kind of building up to what kind of got me into like researching and living 
and listening to podcasts and paranormal. So first and foremost, I was raised in a Catholic household, and my lineage to the Catholic household goes all the way to a specific saint that has like a religious holiday in January that is celebrated, and something that my family is very proud of, and they so anyone in their life has a, has a, any any male or female in their life has a chance to go into ministry, we'll call it ministry, sometime in their life, and it's either accepted or rejected, and they go into either the Catholic Church or some other type of ministry. Interesting, just weird, fun fact. Secondly, is um, I started going around fifth grade into the Pentecostal Church for a program called Royal Rangers. It was like Boy Scouts, but it's more survival, more um, Bible, but also paramilitary to the way more than Boy Scouts. So it's cool. We did survival training. Um, so that will tie into my story in a minute. Then the paranormal. So the paranormal really got me going. I was like five or six when Three Men and a Baby came out. And there was that clip. You guys can go research it too. Three Men and a Baby. There's a clip where there's a scene where you, they're scanning the room and there's a kid that committed suicide in that room. And he's in the window. My cousin decided to show me that. So anytime I was over at their house, I was just paranoid. I had to sleep with the covers over my head. I just was always freaked out. Just tripped me out because she was really into that stuff. And then the second thing that happened was the same cousin, my aunt, we went to see a double feature, Huck Finn, and then wonderful fire in the sky. And I was like six. I don't know what my mom was thinking. I don't think my mom knew. I think that's, that's probably why it happened. And... That movie, Fire in the Sky, those little creepy crawly aliens, man, nowadays I just want to kick them in the head. Boom, you know, like straight up <laughs> soccer goal <laughs> explosion into the net. I don't know. It just freaks me out. So when I was a kid, streetlights were on, I'm walking home, hiking in the wilderness street. There's no streetlights, and you're just looking up at the stars. You're like, oh, my gosh. Travis Walton always came in the back of my mind. <laughs> Never failed. Every time we went backpacking or hiking, you walk away from your campsite and walk from the fire, that's in the back of your mind. So, having a son uh, around, he's like five years old, we start watching all these fun Bigfoot cartoon movies. And I go to my dad, I'm like, Dad, we should go backpacking up in Northern California. He goes, oh, I'll never go up there. Like, straight face, hell no. Why the F would you ask me that? I'll never do that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you need to tell me the story. And I'm like, because we were talking about Bigfoot and that kind of, he just straight up heard us talk about Bigfoot, and then I asked him, and he was very specific. I was like, well, my dad's pretty adventurous. My dad did Zion in the snow, motorcycle rides up and down the coast. So for him to say that was kind of interesting. That kind of opened the door for me to dive into Bigfoot, and obviously with Wes and Sasquatch Chronicles. And so we're going, all right, Dad, tell me the story. You got me, you got my, my, my gear spinning. My dad starts telling me how they went up to Northern California, Probably about five to ten miles from Bluff Creek area, and they're um, in a camper van on the back of a truck. And they park. They get my grandma starts making dinner. All of a sudden, they hear some sort of non-normal sound, like a scream, in the in the wilderness, not far from their camper. And my grandma's from Poland, so she's raised in the I joke around the dark forest or the black forest is what they call it in Poland. And then my grandfather is a, also a uh, European immigrant from Sicily. So they're probably, they're tough cookies. Both made it through the Depression, both strong, not really scared of much. And so you're like, what is this? That's, that's a scream. I'm thinking, obviously, in my mind, oh, it's a mountain lion. Well, my dad's been in the wilderness. He's had my, seen mountain lions, seen, seen that stuff growing up. So he was like, my grandma was like, no, we're leaving. So they, they finished dinner, and they were getting ready to, to move the car. All of a sudden, something hits the back of the trailer, of the trailer, shake it. My grandma goes, Tony, and a strong, commanding, scary, authoritative voice from this little tiny blonde Polish lady, we're leaving now. Tony, get the car started and get us out of here. And so my dad said they left, and they drove more up the coast and stayed in a hotel that night, or motel. So that, that stuck out to me that my dad would, is not willing to camp in that area. I thought that was interesting, you know, like, this guy's been to Zion, been trailed by a mountain lion, and 
you know? It's kind of mind-blowing. Um, so that opens the door to maybe some of my camping experiences, uh, backpacking all throughout California, Mammoth, Northern California. And there's been times of my friends and I have been camping. We're camping outside the normal where everyone else is camping just to be away and be more adventurous. Well, we went up to Thousand Islands. Um, area about five miles in and we're camping and every night around two to three in the morning I would wake up because I swear I heard something and it's like you have to sleep you wake up hear something and you hear like heavy breathing you're not sure if it's the tent down the way or if it's your partner but I was and I just brushed it off like oh I'm not trying to psych myself out I want to go fun tomorrow so you go back to sleep so the next night same thing or next early morning same thing so I don't know, it, 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 it triggered a lot of things when people talk about their Sasquatch encounter, encounters on um, the Sasquatch Chronicle show, especially the less need when he's in the tent with his wife and he talks about that, or his first wife out in the middle of nowhere. But we were up there for survival training, so honestly, we are too tired and exhausted to really even care. Like, it's basically, you're building shelters, you're shedding traps, you're basically pulling resources from the land to show you can make a, make a meal, showing how you can catch fish on flies that are created from either bugs or making your own. And, um, yeah, it, it was fun, but it was a lot of work. You know, 13, 14, most of my friends out in the summertime going to fun, adventurous places to pick up girls. I'm up there doing survival training. Go figure. Um but yeah, that always kind of kicked in the back of my mind. So I have those two things like, ooh, Sasquatch. So like, it's so it's very interesting. I have some paranormal stuff, quite a few of it, from my my personal experience, and then I have some stuff from um, some of my partners that I've had. Um, the partner sitting next to me, Cameron, he's a he has a little ghost shadow figure that's like walks up and down the stairs. You can hear him, the little footprints, pitter patter. Can you want to add anything to that? No? Uh, fun to have somebody to balance life out with during the day. Um, especially in the city of Fallen Angels. But um yeah, hope that interests you guys over there and all over the United States, the world. California is a weird place to be right now. It's awesome, it's fun, it's adventurous. So, thanks again for letting me share my story. Adventures of Daily Choice. Don't get it. Mark, my guy, thank you so much for taking the time to send your story in. Um, first off, I want to say F, Fire in the Sky. Yeah. Hands down the scariest movie I've ever seen. It is pretty creepy. And I haven't seen it since I was probably about mm, eight, and it is forever burned into my psyche. I think I've watched it twice. That syrup scene where he's under the table, like, I can't handle it. We're just running off. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember. I can't can't do it. I, I remember. can't do it. And um, your Bigfoot encounters from your family, and it kind of plays into the Dogman uh, show we just recorded that will be out the week prior to this, previous. Yeah. yeah. Um, It kind of speaks volumes to what you're dealing with when, like, you have your grandparents who you, you said are, like, kind of the old school hard. hard ass. Yeah, exactly. And when when they start showing that, that they're scared, you know it's something you don't want to mess with. Yeah, for sure. You know if it's out of their element, it's out of your element. You're just going to take their word for it, and you're going to roll. Yep, 100%. I've never been to California, but I would like to go to Northern California just because of the, the wildness of it all. I would just like the to forest. see a redwood tree. Yeah, and a Bigfoot. And a Bigfoot. Yeah, not an angry Bigfoot. No, not one that just one hanging out, throws shit at me, and or tries to flip, beat your, your car up. Car, yeah, same. Give you a damn clothesline <laughs> car. You know, stand there and flip your car over. Yeah, give your car a suplex. Yeah, that'd be sick. The twist of fate. I would almost, <laughs> I would almost sacrifice my car if a Bigfoot were to suplex it. Or twist of fate, or give it the twist of swanton bomb off the top of a redwood onto <laughs> my car. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought it was like I'm picturing 
a Bigfoot giving a car a twist of fate, and then you topped it with Swanton Mom <laughs> off the top of a Red Bull. That would be impressive. It'd be worth the trip. It absolutely. Because <laughs> we get I mean, sidetracked easily. At the end of the day, your car is dead, and so is a Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's a win-win. It is a win-win. The Redwood is the winner. Win-win. But yeah, thank you for taking the Appreciate time to send it you. in. I'm. It's a. It is a weird world, man. Dude, I was literally getting ready to say the same thing. It's a weird world. There's Life some is crazy fucked. shit out there, bro. And we're just here to catalog it. That's we right. We want to hear all the weird, weird That's shit. Right. We don't have answers for any of it, so don't come to us for that because we can't help you. No, but we're pretty good. We're here at to listen to it, and we're here to put it out there. Yeah. Well, so everybody else can hear it, and they can find answers. Speaking of which, we're going to jump right into my episode today. Let's go. So I'm calling it uh, Phantoms Everywhere because... Not Phantom of the Opera. It could be. We haven't got that far yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. But... Spoiler alert. What kind of set it off was my, our Mad Gasser episode. Yeah. Like, that was that was a weird episode. Definitely. You know what I mean? So yeah. I started looking into it. And I'm like, are there how many how many more of these cases are there of just weird ass encounters with things that could be human, maybe not human? I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. But I found a couple of them. I'm gonna put it out there. There's a couple that I didn't do that I might talk about. I haven't decided yet. But we're just gonna roll with it. Hell yeah. So as we know, the Mad Gasser Mattoon was pretty wild. They wrote it off as mass hysteria, which is the craziest shit I've ever heard in my life. But Agreed. the time period that it took place was around World War II, which kind of also sparks my first tale that I came across, which we're going to get into. So the days of World War II would produce other strange cases of phantom attackers. During the war's early days, one of the big manufacturers of warships for the U.S. Navy was a small town of Pascagoula, Mississippi. Even as its population dramatically swelled in relation to its kind of manufacturing boom as it's pumping out all of these warships, um, the town would become notable for an even stranger case of a mysterious phantom or of mysterious phantom intruders. In 1942, a strange elusive prowler would begin to stalk the town, and although not as violent as the Mad Gasser per se, it is definitely no less weird. The attacks would commence in June of 1942 when on the night of June 5th, a mysterious intruder would break into the house of Mary Briggs and Edna Heidel. The two women claimed that they had been awoken in the middle of the night by a noise and had managed to catch a glimpse of a figure in the dark that was described as being short, somewhat fat, and wearing a white sweatshirt as he climbed out of their window. Although nothing was in the room seemed to have been taken or messed with, and neither of the girls were injured, each found that they had been oddly missing locks of hair that had been chopped off. As far as they could tell, this was the only thing the stranger had taken from their house. This account alone was enough to start the media machine going, and the perpetrator soon began being dubbed as the Phantom Barber of Pascagoula. What a name, bro. I was thinking more of like Pervy Santa. Pervy Santa of Pascagoula. It has a nice ring to it. It does. Phantom Barber, Pervy Santa. Except Santa leaves gifts. Yeah, but this one's a this pervy one. This old boy is taking gifts. Yeah, he's a pervert. Which, I mean, that encounter alone is just fucking weird. But our guy is not finished. Oh, interesting. Not long after the initial attack... Pervy Santa, I mean Phantom Barber, <laughs> would cut open a screen door and walk into the Petey home. Yeah, P-E-A-T-T-I-E, Petey, we're going to yeah, call it that. Sounds good. To snip off a lock of hair from the family's six-year-old daughter, Carol. Nope. A footprint ringed by sand near the window would be the only other evidence left behind. Oh, there would be a body after that one. <laughs> Dude, yeah. That's so... That's that's the worst. That's crossing the line there, pervy Santa. <laughs> several other reports came in over the next several weeks of people complaining of a mysterious trespasser slitting open window screens and entering homes only to shear off portions of hair from the victims. In every case, the mysterious prowler seemed to prefer blonde hair. 
Although no one was apparently hurt, the intrusions were still enough to instill panic in the population already on edge due to the giant world war. There was also one attack that was decidedly more violent. When Mr. and Mrs. Heidelberg were assaulted in the middle of the night by a raging attacker wielding an iron bar, who knocked out the teeth and left they knocked out teeth and left them unconscious. The attacker in this case did not take any hair trophies, but nevertheless came into the room through the Phantom Barber's typical method of slitting open a screen door to stealthily sneak in. So I don't know how exactly they attributed that if he didn't cut the hair. Because that's kind of his big MO. Yeah. Because, I mean, slitting a screen door is just... That's just how you get into someone's house. That right. Well, I was going to say that... I mean, <laughs> even before you stopped pointing it out, was that uh, if this, if any of them cases prior were pushed in the media, there's going to be some shit bag that's going to go, hey, I'm going to go rob these motherfuckers. I'm going to do it the same way this guy yeah. is. So this asshole gets blamed. Yep, that's a good idea. Like, or there's just a straight up dumbass that was like, how do I get into people's... Oh, that's how I get in. Always thinking. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to break their teeth with an iron bar. Sick. <laughs> what an ass. But the Phantom Barber left the whole town in a panic with people purchasing weapons and refusing to leave their homes in the hours after sunset. Things got so bad that the shipbuilding industry was affected by the fathers staying home from work to protect their families from the Phantom Barber. Interesting. In response to growing panic, authorities made efforts to catch the perpetrator, including modifying wartime curfew laws and enlisting the help of bloodhounds, but no one was ever arrested for the crimes. In the meantime, the barber claimed another victim when he broke into the home of Miss R.R. Taylor and clipped off a portion of her hair. In this case, Taylor described that she had woken up in the middle of the night to a noxious odor and something pressed against her face, which she had fallen unconscious and later became violently ill, leading police to suspect that a chemical agent such as chloroform had been used. Increasingly desperate, authorities were able to apprehend one suspect in the form of a German chemist named William Dolan. The man was considered to have a grudge against the Heidelbergs, who had been violently attacked with the Iron Bar, and was subsequently arrested for their attempted murder. But he was never charged with other instances of trespassing, even though a lock of human hair was apparently found in his backyard. After Dolan was in prison for his crime, the Phantom Barber attack stopped, leading many to believe that it was actually him behind all the incidents, although Dolan himself always firmly denied it. Was the barber Dolan, and if so, why did he viciously attack the Heidelbergs while leaving the other victims simply without some of their hair? What were his motives behind the attacks? Why was he so interested in the hair and nothing else? Dolan was eventually set free in 1951, where there have been many who feel he was innocent and merely arrested for being German at the time when anti-German sympathies in the United States were running high. Whatever was going on, it is definitely a weird-ass case that has never been solved. Which, interestingly enough, same with the Mad Gasser, they kind of went right for a German yeah. scientist. 100%. They're like, who and I is mean, public enemy number one here? But, I mean, were they that far out of line at the time? No, it's just, it's, it's, it's just well, fear-based. Fear in the second, the second case, per se, it didn't specify if the German scientist was a fucking Nazi or not. Yeah, I think in the first case, it definitely had something to do. Yeah, it did because they were talking about uh, bringing Nazi prisoners to whatever. So I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, definitely, whatever's going on, the dude's definitely a pervy, trying to collect yeah, blocks of hair. Some, There's some, some issues there. Some some fetish there yeah. going on. Uh, shit, I don't know. It's definitely a weird case <laughs> to say the least. It's it's almost uh, like the other obvious thing that I pointed out is one of them kind of Captain Obvious moments where you're like, "Yo, stupid! How about you lock your fucking doors and your windows?" Good. I mean, because the screen's not gonna stop much, and if you leave everything unlocked, you're gonna get your hair cut exactly without asking. I don't know. That's just how I look at it. I don't know if they... I'm sure they did. They would have had to have fucking locks on their stuff. Yeah. But they probably didn't. I don't know. 1940s, they have air conditioning? <laughs> probably not. I don't, uh, that's a good point. Maybe they... I don't know, bro. Good point. 
I don't know. Either way. I just like how like the whole town they're like, you know what, we're gonna shut down warship production. We're yeah. gonna we're just gonna try to catch this. We got a motherfucker out here cutting hair. Cut that's I think just the just the bizarreness of his actions make it so much creepier. Yeah, for sure. So much creepier. Yeah, because you don't know what he's using the air for. Like, the mad gasser came in, pumped a little gas in, took off. Like, is that weird? Yes. Did it make people sick? Yes. Did it Was it personal enough to where he was, like, right up on you, taking parts of your body? Yeah, I mean, essentially, he could have killed you. Yeah, but instead, he just gave you a little snip, snip. Yeah, it's really, really weird. Really weird. It's not necessarily paranormal, but it is mysterious. Definitely mysterious. And if it's a human, which it probably is, it makes it that much creepier. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Moving on. Let's go. Next, we have the case of the Black Flash. This encounter takes place in Massachusetts, Provincetown, specifically in 1939, when a group of children basically came home scared to death. Crying, shaking with fear, talking about a monster that had chased them home after school. Something big, said to be snarling and growling, that was dressed in all black and moved so fast that they only caught glimpses of it in flashes. Despite their cries, parents were like, yeah, sure, there's a monster chasing you, blah, blah, blah. Nice imagination, kid. Nice lie, little kids. Right. Until a woman... Maria Costa was walking home by herself one October night. Then the town folks began to believe this wasn't a figment of children's overactive imagination. As Maria was walking home, she passed by the town hall, and out from the bushes, an impossibly tall humanoid figure dressed in all black lunged out in front of her. She reported that the creature had glowing blue eyes, pointy silver ears, and the ability to bound and jump like a gazelle. Terrified, she sprinted to a local coffee shop crying and screaming, where several men inside were to pursue the creature only to find nothing. The police reportedly laughed off Miss Costa's encounter after taking a statement from the visibly distraught woman. But over the next few weeks, their attitude would change. Several more residents reported being uh, bound at out of nowhere right in front of them as they were walking to town or walking about town. Yes, let me read what I wrote here. Several more residents reported the being bounding out of nowhere right in front of them as they walked about town. Some referred to it as the Provincetown Phantom. Some, the Devil of the Dunes, which is a dope name. It was kind of cool. I like that one. But it's mostly known as the Black Flash because of the reported long black cape it wore and its seemingly superhuman ability to outrun any pursuer or before anyone could actually get a very specific look at it. The reports started coming in so rapidly that the fiend was terrifying more and more people. The police had no choice but to investigate. The increasing number of calls, along with the actual reports, started to give the Black Flash a supernatural reputation. Some nights would involve multiple sightings from opposite sides of town, sometimes simultaneously. It's reported that a call would come in from the west side of Provincetown, reported that it ran through a yard on Tremont Street. Then, just a minute later, another call would come in from a home on Howland Street on the opposite side of town, begging for officers to come as fast as they could, completely on the other side of town. No human could have moved that fast, despite any modes of transportation at the time. So, either people were just freaking the fuck out... Or, or it's legitimately Black Flash. Or there's multiple. Oh, yeah. Good point. A teenager coming home from the library was accosted and claimed that the figure spewed blue flames out of its mouth. <laughs> Good. Supposedly, the police had it cornered in a school playground with a high fence. Four officers entered the playground with guns drawn, telling the Black Flash of Provincetown to surrender or they'd fire. It laughed in their faces and hopped the 10-foot fence. The officers shot, but either missed or their bullets had no effect. One of the officers claimed the face was a silver-painted mask. Even if it was a person in disguise, the locals believed it possessed superhuman powers. Bullets seemed to have no effect. It could jump amazing heights and move at incredible speeds. Charles Farley saw it fenced in his backyard and blasted it point-blank range with a shotgun. 
but it simply laughed and leapt the eight-foot fence. <laughs> okay. So now One. we now we just have supervillains. I hope. Please. That's all yes. it is. That's all it is. He's a fucking supervillain. He did get blasted. Yeah. And I love how, like, every time he's borderline cornered, he just goes, ha-ha, jump. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> like, he just laughs at him and then jumps. Yeah, it's just like... This yeah. is, um, and for anybody who's wondering what I'm doing right now, just give him the middle finger. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's going, see ya. One skeptic that's who so put weird. forth this view found himself face to face with the Black Flash and said he was large, very tall, and definitely human, wearing a cloak and hood with silvery eyes that glowed in the dark. He told the creature to get out of his way, only to have his face slapped so hard that it knocked him to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> After that, he was a believer. So this guy is not only a supervillain, he's a troll. And, hey, Hollow Cult, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Somebody's like, get Dude. the fuck out of my way. And then he just... Backhand. Yeah, he easily could kill the guy. He could hurt him in a million different ways. He could have blue flames at his face. That's true. But he's like, no. Just gonna smack you. Smack. That's for disrespecting me. It's it's great. So fucking weird. I don't even. It gets better. It gets better. Great. We're gonna roll with it because it gets better. He's got blue flames coming out of his ass. (laughs) He probably does. (laughs) The last reported sighting of the Black Flash was. Uh, from a group of kids who claimed to have spotted it coming toward them from the fog. After running home and finding the house empty, they locked all the doors and listened in horror as it tried to make its way inside. So you got all these little kids that are scared of shit with this local terror on the loose trying to get into their house. One little dude's like, you know what's going to fuck this guy up? I'm going to put some water on to boil, and I'm going to dump it on this dude. So, okay, little dude puts the kettle on to boil, gets it screaming. He runs to the second floor and douses this mug with oh, he actually boiled gets in. water. Good for him. And they said that <laughs> after that night, the Black Flash sprinted off into the fog. <laughs> boiling never alive. Back. Never came back. <laughs> Police, the police couldn't handle it. The 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 posse's couldn't handle it. But little Bobby down the street gonna make some tea. Got this. Fool. Serves him. What the fuck? There's so many different reports. People think people have reported theorized that it was a local athlete who would have been strong enough and tall enough to fit the bill. I don't know how he would have took a shotgun blast point blank to or the just chest. Straight jump a ten foot fence. Yeah, yeah. They think it maybe have been a tourist that stayed past the normal touring season and just lived. Jump the ten foot fence. Yeah. Well, I mean, what about and wearing a cape? 
<laughs> and blue breathe blue flames <laughs> with silver eyes and face paint. People thought it might be a tourist that hid in the dunes just out to scare people. A retired police chief of Provincetown. He reported that it was four locals just playing a hoax. Oh, okay. Police chief Anthony Travers claimed that Black Flash was simply four teens playing a trick on the town. That makes sense. One boy just sat on the shoulders of another. They wore a long cape and <laughs> wore, super a, fast. wore a flower sifter over their face. And the device's handles were the large silver ears. Oh. How they were bulletproof, he, Anthony hasn't figured that out yet. How did they run super fast, too? How did they breathe flames and jump 10-foot fences? It's a valid point. Yes. Sounds like the cops suck. Anthony, we're going to have to come back. We're going to have to circle back around. We're going to need you to reinvestigate this, please. Yeah, because you fucked up. Yeah. You I, I know this was 1939 and you're not alive anymore, but you had your chance to shine. And you went with the flower sifter. You dropped the ball. Yeah, and you you also stole credit from a little kid. Yeah, who Not is the real? Cool. Who's the real damn hero? Yeah, he's the MVP. Little Bobby from down the street said, "You know what? I'm sick of this dude. I'm sick of this dude terrifying my town." Halloween's coming up. What a badass. Halloween's coming up. I want to go trick-or-treating. We're on the verge of World War II. I'm going to have to deal with that shit in a couple years. Right now, I'm just sick and tired of this guy. I'm getting ready. I love that it's like some just just straight Dennis the Menace Scooby-Doo yeah. shit. I thought like, you were... Like Home Alone shit. Yeah, I thought you were literally going to say that dude had every intention of breaking into the house... So kid pours water on the floor, so when he runs across it, he slips and falls. He's too fast to slip and fall. No, but he'd hydroplane. <laughs> he would. He would hydroplane. All right. Because running that fast, you know you're gonna wear your sneakers out. That's true. Look at Sonic. He, he Gage said he's faster than Sonic. I believe it. But not faster than the Flash. Or Harry. Or Harry. I don't even know who the fuck Harry is. He's his friend at school. He's the fastest kid alive. Harry is pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. All right, moving on. Next we got one. The Phantom Whistler. There are just some weird... There's some weird motherfuckers around here, man. In 1950, in the sleepy town of Paradise, Louisiana... It might... Paradise. P-A-R-I-D-I-S. Is that Paradise? Paradise? Louisiana, 18-year-old Jacqueline Cadow began to be visited in the night by a very odd intruder. The unseen stranger had a habit of hiding in the bushes near her house at night, often right under her bedroom window, and whistling wolf calls. I don't know what a wolf call is. Maybe, maybe like a cat call? Could be. On every occasion, a search by the family of the entire premises turned up no sign of the mysterious trespasser, yet the whistling continued for months. Sometimes heard by neighbors, people passing by. It was definitely not just uh, Jacqueline that heard it. It's certainly odd enough, but the mysterious whistler would soon kind of gravitate to more ominous activities when Jacqueline became engaged to state trooper Herbert Belsom, the whistling changed from random wolf calls to the sinister tune of a funeral dirge. And sometimes the whistling would be topped off with what is described as a shrill moan. In addition, the stranger began to make threatening phone calls to the house, promising to make sure that Jacqueline would die before she was allowed to marry the trooper. Some of the calls were made to Jacqueline's mother, who she lived with, and one of the calls, the stranger stated, I'll kill her. I'll stick a knife in her. Your daughter will never marry Herbert. Yep. Wolf whistling is basically cat calling. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Never heard that phrase before. Me either. But that's, you made a good call. That's kind of what I thought once you said it. But yeah, back to sticking a knife in Jacqueline. He's going to kill her and he's never going to marry Herbert. On another occasion when Jacqueline was at her fiance's house, the Whistler called to tell the mother, tell Jackie I know she's at Herbert's house. This all caused the mother to basically freak out. She says, why can't we get away from him? I don't know when we'll get a peaceful night's sleep. By this time, newspapers had picked up the story, and there was talk uh, everywhere of the phantom whistler that was haunting Jacqueline Cadow and her family. The police did not know what 
to even do to try to figure out what the fuck is going on. They're unable to find any suspects or even any evidence that the intruder was ever there. No police officer ever heard the whistler, leading the sheriff's department to start to believe that the whole thing was a hoax. At one point, the sheriff made the cryptic statement that it was an inside job, without any further elaboration. Nonetheless, the calls and provocative whistling continued, eventually causing so much stress on Jacqueline that she wanted to actually collapse from the anxiety. Yet despite these ominous threats, the elusive stalker and the elusive stalker, Jacqueline was determined to go through with her wedding. On October 5th, 1950, her and Trooper Herbert were finally married without incident. In the wake of the wedding, the whistling and the phone call stopped. In the meantime, the sheriff changed his stance and proclaimed that he had solved the case, although he never did divulge any details on this, explaining that he did not want to embarrass the persons involved. There are a lot of questions for this case as well. Who was the whistler? Why did the whistler even start this crazy shit? Why did he threaten Jacqueline so much? Was he real at all? A figment of the imagination... Why did the sheriff say he solved the case but didn't want to embarrass anybody? I figure the Whistler was real. Probably a jealous dude. Probably a jealous dude. Uh, I'm assuming that once the marriage went through, he he finally realizes, okay. He's like, shit. I'm definitely not going to land this girl. <laughs> she literally just got married. I'm SOL. And once the sheriff found out that there were no more, like it went away, he's like, fuck it. I'm just going to take credit for it. <laughs> yeah. I did the work. Yeah. I put in the time. I figured it out. I just don't want to call him out because I don't want to embarrass him. It is weird that he Bro, refers to everybody by their first names in the threats. She'll never marry Herbert. I know she's at Herbert's house. You yeah, because he's a fucking weirdo. It is. He's sitting outside somebody's window whistling. And he referred to Jacqueline as Jackie. Tell Jackie I know she's at Herbert's house. Hmm. Definitely a weirdo. He's a weirdo. Definitely a weirdo. Which brings me to my last creeper of the day. Yeah, you just picked a whole bunch of creepers. I did. A bunch of pervos. They're weird. And that is probably the most well-known, and that is the Spring-Heeled Jack. Out of the night came the bounding, leaping, jumping Superman who terrified the English nation for more than 60 years. To begin, tales of this devil-like super villain who leaped from rooftop to rooftop was accepted as just kind of a folklorish nonsense. But in January 1838, the strange creature received official recognition when a barmaid, Miss Polly Adams, was attacked while walking across Blackheath in South London. Mary Stevens, a servant girl, was terrified by what she saw on Barnes Common. And in the chaplain's churchyard, a woman was assaulted. February 1838, a man rang the doorbell of Jane Alsop, screaming that they had caught the spring Jack and that they needed help. When she brought the man a candle there in the dark street, he proceeded to breathe a blue flame in her face and tear at her clothes and skin with metal claws. She ran back into her house and continued to, or as he continued to cut her with these sharp claws. As Alsop's sister came to her rescue, scaring off the attacker, Alsop described Jack as having eyes like red fireballs and wearing a helmet and a tight-fitting white outfit. It was a bizarre account, but Springheeled Jack's reputation as some kind of evil devil began to grow. Which is weird here, because this was yes, this was a hundred years before any of these attacks in America, but there are a lot of commonalities. Yeah, like blue flames. Yes, the white the white outfit, the weird silver helmet. Mm-hmm. Almost We've heard them stories before. Almost like maybe there's something to this Pervos here. are eternal. Or there is a supernatural purbo. Bad point. Which, I mean... Making its way through time. If you run the odds, the odds of a supernatural purbo being real is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And, like, he had claws. It's, it's Which basically... Which is weird. Metal claws. So like. it's, it's Wolverine. Yeah. Solved it. We um, got another one. Wolverine was cool, so... This guy 
His nickname is Spring Hill Jack. That's not a very cool name. No. Like, I'm sorry. That's because they didn't know that. They didn't know what Wolverines were in 1838. That's like backyard wrestling name. (laughs) God, I hope. I hope he's a backyard wrestler. Probably is. All right. Yeah, well, how else was he spitting blue flames? That's because he's a juggalo. (laughs) (laughs) Solved it. It's a juggalo Wolverine. Awesome. Moving on. Lucy Scales was walking with her sister when a shadowy man jumped out, also allegedly blew blue flames in her face. What is with these blue flames? These blue flames caused her to have some kind of seizure. Even better. It worked like a strobe light. <laughs> now, now, spring-hailed juggalo Wolverine clearly <laughs> likes to spend his days at raves. He's got a strobe light taped to his forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I hate it here. Anyway, while many of the initial reports of Jack's attacks took place in outlying hamlets and villages, both Alsop and Scales cases took place closer to the city. They received a great deal more of attention, stoking the fires of this devilly legend known as Spring-Heeled Jack. Their testimonies also would become... uh, Wow, I don't know where I went with that. Their testimonies also informed what would become his popular look as a gentlemanly, devilish figure. That's kind of a broad description there. I don't know. He does breathe fire. Well, did he have horns? Uh, Probably. Did he have a tail? Yes. Okay. I can't back that up. It makes sense then. Uh, The Lord Mayor of London, Sir John Cohen, received complaints from several parts of London describing a demonic creature with eyes like balls of fire, hands like icy claws, and and able to bound from rooftop to rooftop with seemingly no effort at all. Police did not dismiss these stories, and even the Duke of Wellington, although aged nearly 70 years old, went out armed on horseback to hunt and kill the monster. Good for him. He said, let's get it. Getting out there and living. Seeing the world. Like Arn Anderson. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. I thought you were going to say that, but... Yeah. You dropped the ball. I am sorry. All right, it happens. So everybody's out trying to figure out who this wild backyard juggalo rave-going wrestler is that's attacking women in the 1850s and 60s. Yeah, there's a lot of commonalities between the four. Even the army in 1870 set up traps to catch him after um, a bunch of sentries reported being terrified by a man who jumped on the top of their 10-foot sentry box. The sentry on duty at North Camp peered into the darkness. His attention attracted a peculiar figure advancing toward him. The soldier issued a challenge, which went unheeded. The figure came up beside him and delivered several slaps to his face. Another fucking face slapper. Yeah. that's just no respect. No. He says, Oh, you're a guard? He reminds me of like Sprap, sprap. He reminds me of like a like if I had to picture him, I picture the human version of Pepe Le Pew. Hmm. He yes. has that like arrogance yes. to you know what I mean? Like one yes. of them one of them dudes that would take off their glove and go and just smack you with it a couple times. Yep. And Pepe Le Pew was Borderline a pervo. True. Not as far as these lovely people. This, I mean, Spring Hill Jack wasn't necessarily a pervo. He was a pervo. He did claw some ladies' clothes off, so that is pretty pervy. (laughs) Told you. All four of them have been pervos. Seeing the sentry getting his face smacked caused a guard nearby to shoot at one spring Hill Jack. Okay, that right there seems like a very poor decision. With no visible effects. Some sources claim the soldier may have just been firing blanks, but they're not sure. Some say that, that he just flat sense. out missed. Others said he just fired warning shots into the air. No one was really sure of what the fuck was going on at this point. Well, people were getting smacked in the face. Other people were just shooting guns everywhere. It was just all out chaos. Yeah, I mean, it would be like somebody smacking you in the face and me being <laughs> 50 yards away, and I'm like, <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem smart. Doesn't seem the strange smart. figure then disappeared in the surrounding darkness with astonishing bounds, quote, end quote. 
1870, angry townsfolk in Lincoln are reported to have cornered him and shot him in the street, but he just laughed and bound away, leaping over fences and yeah. even jumping over small buildings. Like previous dude, it same is, thing. It's almost like, I wonder if... It's just an eternal. If, yes, it is an eternal, but if the Black Flash people had heard of this story... And kind of ran with it a hundred years later. Maybe you know what I mean. Or it's all, or or they're they're one similar Creature. type of entity. Yeah, that's yeah. making its rounds. I think. That's I mean, because prob- probable. What are the odds of being shot point blank, laughing and walking away, and jumping spitting away, spitting blue flames, spitting blue flames, wearing silver weird ass shit? Yeah, and like. <sighs> It's either that they are part of the same paranormal entity or one heard of the other and kind of ran with it. I'm feeling like it's probably the same thing. Just over time, it's, it's fetishes changed. Yeah, it, and, and then it went on to cut hair. Yeah. So has it just repelled bullets and jumped over buildings while laughing? That's where we left off. For a while, no one really had any idea what it was. Uh... Suspicion kind of fell on this one specific uh, person, Marquise of Waterford, but he was never uh, actually considered a suspect, really. He was just kind of an eccentric, crazy guy who never was very violent or anything, but he was just kind of coined as, hey, it's probably this crazy dude. spring Jack was last seen in 1904 in Liverpool, Bounding up and down the street, leaping from cobbles to rooftops and back, just jumping around like a wild jackass. That, that is weird. He vanished into the darkness with some brave souls, tried to corner him, and he has not been seen since. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, they're, they're, the, we the kind of poke they, fun at it a little bit. Yeah, but, but there are similarities between all of them. That sucks and it even almost some of it kind of ties into the mad gasser as well yeah because which one i think it which one was it it was either the haircut guy or whoever it was caused somebody to pass out which they thought was chloroform yeah i don't know this time it was strobe lights there was also there's 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 more of these. I just picked these out because they had the most meat to their stories. But there was one called this one this one is probably specifically going to stand out to you Kyle speaking of pervies. But his name was Tom the Whooper. Good. And he was actually Are dressed you sure it was not Whopper. It could be. Cuz then yes it would stand out to me. Could be. But he was dressed similarly Tall, lanky, black clothes, cape. He would just grab women on the street, lift their dress up, spank them, and take off. Okay. He was literally Tom the Whooper. All right. Had four or five victims that it happened to, and he would just go about his business. That's weird. It is weird. It's so weird that they were, all of them were so pervy. It's. I don't know, man. It was... I mean, maybe maybe he realized that he could just get away with all of it because nobody could catch him because he could jump so damn far. Yeah, and he was bulletproof. That too, and he spit blue flames. And he had metal claws. And a strobe light on his forehead. And was a backyard wrestling juggalo. <laughs> Figured it out. Sold him. Figured hundred, out, 200 years in the making. Almost. <clears throat> Winning. And we just solved Spring Hill Jack. I don't know. This one's this one's weird. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I just started diving into these and I'm like, why why hey, like it's fucked. Hey, why it's, are these a thing? Yeah, it's fucked that there's a hundred year gap of somebody shooting blue flames out of their fucking mouth and slapping people. And, can, and being bulletproof. Yeah, I can literally breathe flames out of my mouth. I could essentially burn you alive, but instead, I'm going to slap you like a bitch. 
<laughs> I'm gonna Pepe Le Pew your ass. He just, it's just, and then I'm gonna jump away laughing. Maybe he was just there to insult, not to injure. Obviously, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he's a weird one. And then he's like, "Yo, check it out. I'm I'm gonna smack that ass, and that lady over there. I'm gonna break into her house and cut her hair off." <laughs> The fuck is wrong with this thing? So, so you're in the camp that this is all the same. This is all the same I, thing. I'm thinking so. Even the whistler. Maybe not the whistler. The whistler seemed like a jealous, sad boy. Uh, yeah, I'm. I think my money is sad boy for the whistler. Yeah. Weird, fetish, supernatural being for the rest of them. That's kind of where I'm at. I think. Because even even the <laughs> even the mad gasser had this whole kind of weird gimp suit thing going on, the black latex. And yeah, the and, and it was hard telling what he was doing with them people. When he... That's true. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe are... maybe his gas was essentially just the smoke for the rave that he pumped into the houses. Then, homie. Big homie yeah, spring heel yeah, Jack yeah, rolls in, strobe light on the forehead, hitting it. Meanwhile, hey, you got, got the barber. He's got py- pyrotechs. He's got pyrotechnics going off. The black flash is moving around, you know. Serving drinks. Serving drinks, jumping up and down. Yeah. Also blowing blue flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, being bulletproof. Yeah. Then you got uh, other cool guy coming in, giving free haircuts to all the rave chicks. All with blonde hair. Giving yeah, this the blonde rave girls giving them giving them wild dues, and it's all it's really just supposed to be a good time, but people are just taking it out of context. I mean, it seems logical enough. <laughs> I think we I think we've solved it. I think we are no farther away than we are close. That makes sense. It doesn't, but I agree. <laughs> it is late, and we are like four episodes in. So it's just—I don't know. Like I—I I literally, because like you said, there, there's that part of you that just wants to laugh because the descriptions are so fucking asinine. But then you know that this really happened, like, and there's people a, were legit. There's a scared. fucking hundred year gap of here. The same, the essentially yes. the same thing. Like you had, like I don't know, man. I don't either. You I had don't search know what parties, search like multiple people. You had groups of multiple people being like, "Yo, we cornered this motherfucker, and we shot him." And he laughed. And he laughed and jumped over this ten foot building. That's fucking. What weird. am I supposed to do with that? I don't know, dude. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm confused. Just phantoms, bro. I guess, man. Phantoms everywhere. Ben Affleck. Yeah, the Flash. Sick. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh so, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just so. I just taken back. Once that I, don't I know what to do. started looking into it, I'm like, I the 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 people, the Holoskites need to know. I hope one of you guys are way smarter and caught something that I missed because I am. Floored. There's and there's there's these aren't even the only ones. These are just the ones that had enough meat for me to put in a podcast. Yeah. So maybe Tom the Whoopers out there smacking ass unconsensually. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's the same dude just bouncing all over the planet, just doing whatever pervy thing he wants to do. He's like a he's like an interloper. Yeah, and he's like, check out this sick. Sick gloves, I got. <laughs> he's got his. He's got his, his blue his helmet. He's got his helmet light on, <laughs> and it's low on battery, so it just strobes. Oh God! I hate it. And he's eight Every, feet. He's eight feet tall and has a cape. Yeah, wearing a yeah. flower sifter on his face. Yeah. Yeah, everyone that... He's like, damn, I hope people don't recognize me as spring Jack. I better put this flower sifter on my face. <laughs> All, we don't have any fans anymore. <laughs> no, I wouldn't listen to us either. I wouldn't either. This episode is ridiculous. 
I can't. I can't even make it up. I know. I like. I all I can do is laugh because I don't know what to do, bro. There are there are newspaper clippings. Of course, there is. Of the how do you even this. fucking read that? Newspaper clippings of the barber, the only victim of a hair shearing who awoke in time to see the barber was Mary Evelyn Bridges at Our Lady of Victory's co- Covenant. She was even in the covenant, and he broke in. What an ass. I saw the figure of a kind of short fat man, she said, bending over me with something shiny in his hand, and he was fooling with my hair. When he saw me open my eyes, he said, shh. I yelled, and he jumped out of the window. Is it just like Spring Hill? Springfoot, or whatever the fuck his <laughs> name is. Lightfoot Juggalo. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. That's but, why all I can do is laugh. This that, that this is creepy. Fucking stupid. This is gonna be the cover of the episode. The new the new logo. Yes, it's gonna be the new sticker. We'll have you put it in paint and just draw Hollis guy with a triangle on his yeah. forehead. And I'll just make it give him a little talk bubble. Say whoop whoop. <laughs> I hate my life. Anyway. <laughs> I hate my life. I hope that you all enjoyed this more than we did because... I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I, like, I don't know. It's real. And, I mean... It's real. People like believe it's real. A it borderline... Happened. It's like borderline scary and hilarious at the same time. I feel like it's only hilarious because we're here now. If we were in the 1940s or the 1840s and someone was like, yo... There's somebody outside who's bulletproof, who's breathing flames, who has giant metal claws, and... Just smacking old, your old lady's ass. <laughs> yes. I'd be like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> well, and possibly sneaking in and cutting their hair off. Yeah, and giving your old lady a free haircut. Yeah, that would be a different That would be a different situation. Yeah, I feel like we're looking at it now in light of the world today, and we're like, man, that doesn't even really sound that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not even that scary, dog. But then, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So yeah, uh, oh, I, I got another news story here. And I got, I got newspaper clips here. Woman's hair snipped by phantom barber, Pascagoula, Mississippi, June twenty third. Pascagoula's phantom barber has ridden again. Miss R. E. Taylor reported two inches of her new perm had been shorn by the strange shearer while she slept in a bedroom with her husband and two daughters. I had the vague feeling of something passing over my face, Miss Taylor said, then woke up feeling ill. The tensorial artist had broken through a window and cut her hair and fled. Previous victims of the Phantom Barber, all within the last ten days, were three little girls. <clears throat> Police believe he used chloroform to keep his subjects asleep while he cut their hair. That, like, this, was, and this is crazy enough it made the goddamn news. Yeah, that article there is borderline serial killer. Yeah. Especially, like, like he didn't even give a shit that he was in a room with four other people. Yeah, he's like, I'm doing this anyways. Yeah, he says, I'm not scared of anyone. Yeah, you can't do anything to me. I'm bulletproof. No, and I can breathe fire on your face. But I will prefer to slap it. But I have Edward Scissorhands. There you go. There's the claw fingers. Yeah. He uses them to cut the hair. And then when he... Johnny Depp is every one of these characters. When he smacks people, he just backhands them. Yeah, not without the claws. Yeah. He doesn't drag them, he just hits. So, we have... we have. It's it's really perfect because he doesn't have to carry scissors because he already has claw Exactly. Why didn't we think of that the first time? Because we got distracted by all the pervy shit. So yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up there. Uh, th- those are those are your phantoms that I decided to pick. Um, chances are, like, I don't know. These are, either, I mean, you got two choices here. These are either real people, which are super fucked, or these are some paranormal entities, which is also super fucked. So you can do with that knowledge as you will. Until next time, check us out at our social medias: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Come hang out with us. Until then, stay safe, stay weird. And if someone grabs you and starts smacking your ass in the middle of the street, don't shoot them because it's not going to work. They're probably going to breathe fire on you.
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.